Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now. And we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the NXT Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamlet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT. Gold Rush. Oh, you into it? Sorry, stop everything. Um, it's week two. Yeah. So you missed out on last week's. So what would have been last week's episode called? Uh. Oh, I'm paying for gold. Gold rush. <laughs> Before we get into it, though, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling uh. podcasts where we not only review the show, formerly known as NXT 2 Oh! What's the middle of Pay-per-views, premium life. Hey, hey, you, you, watch a f-ing collision. No way, no way, it's not a f-ing decision. Hey, hey, hey you, 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 watch f-ing collision. <laughs> hey, hey, you, you, watch f-ing collision. No way, no way, at least it's not a rampage. <laughs> um, as I had said, though, joined by yeah. uh, Michael Hamlet. Michael Sidgwick uh, no longer with us. He was this morning, but the system doesn't work. So No, yes. Child care reasons. Just to be super clear about that, if you're listening to this in some dystopian future, you just said the phrase, Michael Sidgwick no longer with us. The system yes. doesn't work. That sounds like lifted from an episode of Black Mirror, <laughs> where like, oh, who's in for lunchtime death squad? Ah, oh, we lost Sidgwick. Never mind. We'll get a new one tomorrow. Like we're characters in B-movie or something. <laughs> like, we, Sidgwick is with us. Yeah. But he's not with us in a literal sense. Yeah, he did the, he did the Dynamite preview, which is available right now, and he'll he be back be tomorrow. On hand for childcare-related reasons, because, it, yet again, yes, this system does not work. I love, by the way, when we mention the system not working, even in its vaguest terms, like, people have reached out to us on Twitter saying, I'm from America with no kids. I love listening about how the UK childcare system's completely <laughs> ruined us. Yeah, yeah. Thanks very much. Like, I, I love getting to vent about it, so it's a mutual <laughs> thing, that. Uh, but what do you make of uh, Gold Rush Part 2? Uh, um, pretty good. It's great, wasn't it? Right, and like, I kind of wish... So we did the Dynamite review uh, preview this morning, because Sidgwick was here this morning, and we just wanted to get the trash out of the way. <laughs> uh, no, he, like, obviously, he favours Dynamite, so we were able to switch it around for him. Biased. But <laughs> I was, like, looking forward to the three of us getting together to see how far apart... We were, mm. because I knew exactly where you'd be on it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I liked this broadcast an awful lot. I saw more, so I went online after I'd watched it. I saw more praise for the main event than I think was warranted, truthfully, 
but less divvied out to other bits of the show. That and not enough praise strong. for the opener. Not enough. No, nowhere near enough praise for the opener, and obviously nowhere near enough praise for the cinema. Yes. So, but we'll make sure to lavish both. Yeah. Again, it does come with a caveat. A lot of wrestling on this show. Well, a bit too much wrestling. I am for this two-hour mm-hmm. wrestling show, but the biggest development in the biggest oh. angle in the biggest story in wrestling. Yes. So, well, I say biggest story in wrestling. Obviously, the bloodline is currently at a parked point ahead of Money in the Bank. So, at any given point, that could become the biggest story. Yes. Again. But right now, the second biggest story gets quite a lot of development here, mm. quite a lot of profile. Looking forward to uh, getting into the guts of that one, really getting into the weeds. 20 minutes, I'm thinking. Yeah. We, I'm, I've got a lot I want to say. Yeah. Uh, That's why we knocked out for the door. You've got to get, like, the fluff done. The, <laughs> what is it? The sort of the, the nonsense content. Eat your vegetables, then you can have your steak. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so the show opened, of course, with a championship match. It was uh, Tiffany Stern defending the uh, NXT Women's Championship against Thea Hale, defend her at all costs, mm. uh, of Chase U. Uh, early on, Hale's getting some near falls from roll-ups. Um, she keeps going for the uh, Kimura as well, um, which obviously she, the whole point is she's been trained by Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey. Mm. Stratton immediately goes for the ropes whenever that happens. And Dempsey and Gulak come out. Um, Stratton takes over um, and starts going after Thea Hale's arms as we go to a break. When we come back, Thea Hale makes a comeback. She does the chase you stomps to a great reaction. Uh, she counters Stratton and puts her in the Kimura. And again, Stratton's going for the ropes. But Charlie Dempsey tries pulling the bottom rope away from her so she can't reach it. Um and Hale breaks the hold because she doesn't want to win like that. Mm-hmm. She yells at Dempsey for interfering in her match. Duke Bloody Hudson's out there, of course. The uh, well, as of right now, the what would you call it? Former temporary dean, yeah, Chase University. <laughs> he <laughs> he uh, starts yelling. Uh, Drew Gulak jumps up on the apron to argue with the referee, uh, and you think, oh, here we go, roll up for Tiffany Stratton. But Hale counters, puts Stratton in the Kimura, and. Tiffany Stratton taps, but the referee doesn't see it. He's busy with the likes of Drew Gulak and the rest of the Chase U lot. Um, So Thea Hale breaks the hold again, goes to get the referee, and when she comes back, this time Tiffany Stratton rolls her up. One, two, three. She retains the NXT Women's Championship, Um, but it will not finish there because in all the piss and anger of, you ruined this for me, Dempsey and Gulak decide, right, it's just, that's just, Finish off Drew Bloody Gulak. Um, no, it's Drew Bloody Hudson. Yeah. Uh, and they're beating him down and beating him down. And who should run in to make the save but a returning Andre Chase in a, a moment that can only be described as. Oh! Moment! Moment! He comes back, clears Dempsey and Gulak out of the ring, and I shed a tear of joy. Yeah. Where to start with this? I'm going to. We'll talk about the post-match. We'll save the match to last because I genuinely think it was worthy of the most praise. Right. Andre Chase, does he live that close to the performance centre that the bell rang, Tiffany Stratton got the win, and he was like, right, this will not stand. I'm going to drive there and see what's going on. Mm. Otherwise, why did he not run in any time beforehand? He was suddenly very available for the save rather than for the whole thing. <laughs> Good point. Right? Which could be a story point because he was dodging Duke Hudson's calls. And I understand that it's wrestling and you have to extend a bit of suspension of disbelief here and he was there to make the big heroic save. But I feel like next week a question should be, where were you, man? Yeah. Like, uh, really glad to have you back, sir, but where were you? Maybe he didn't want to um, distract Thea 
yeah, her job at hand. And maybe he'll say that. To be fair, maybe he will say that. I, they said that in, in behind the scenes. I'm my head cannon, so it's fine. Well, some shows, as we said before, deserve let it play out. Privileges and NXT yeah. is one of them. So we will let that play out. Um, I wanna. I was thinking this morning. Oh, like the roll up. Are you joking? And then actually. They'd built this on Thea Hale potentially being like a record-breaking youngest ever mm-hmm. champion. And it speaks to the youth and inexperience of somebody to get caught with the same roll-up that almost caught a seconds earlier. So I think that was by design. Mm-hmm. Rather than Tiffany Stratton hitting a finisher and beating her decisively and leaving a flat out, it was more, you were stupid enough to make the same mistake twice. That's yeah. on you. Yeah. And I know that like that is kind of, that might be seen as counterintuitive babyface booking, but... She's so young, and it's very much in keeping with the character that she's believed she's needed all this help from all these. And, like, I don't think this is an accident, by the way. Idiot doofus men (laughs) when this young woman could do it by herself. Mm. I'm not saying Shawn Michaels is capable of, like, allegorical commentary here. (laughs) But, like, I think he's inadvertently crafted some. She could have got this done by herself had it not been for the idiot doofus men that should know better but keep getting in her way. So I quite, like, I came to appreciate that when I gave it a bit more thought. And why I gave it a bit more thought is because I thought the match was a really tremendous piece of business. Yeah. I really saw something in Thea Hale here. Um, Tiffany Stratton, probably off the back of her winning the title, feels like she's getting a groove back. Like the comeback wasn't so impressive based on what she'd left behind when she went away for a little while, but that feels like it's returning. Mm. Like it, it wasn't just a momentary flash of Tiffany Stratton's abilities last year. It is something that she's got. Um, I thought she looked and carried this. It wasn't like, it wasn't really long this, what like, what was the match time on this? It like, it didn't, re- like nine minutes? I was going to say, I felt it went under 10. It and didn't break start, in there as well. Of course. Didn't outstay its welcome, but she nonetheless carried this like the confident, dominant defending champion. And yet Thea Hale's like gradual reveal of the skills she had were just in keeping with her character, this overexcited and young effervescent figure mm. suddenly could you, uh, which of course justifies why you want to stick with Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey, even though you don't really like them. And then when the methods refuse no longer work, that's when the split comes. So I just thought this was a really, really good bit of business from a storyline and a character that is often portrayed as cheesy and daft. Um, like the uh, mixed tag in the Stand and Deliver pre-show, mm-hmm. this gimmick is good, not bad. Don't get those two things confused. JSU gimmick works because in the big matches, people respond mm. to the characters. Oh, yeah. Think about the Duke Hudson standoff, the fake turn back at Stand and Deliver, <gasps> and now this I'm match there. here. As daft as these characters look on the surface, they have absolutely developed an emotional uh, connection with the crowd because the big matches come along and people react in all the right ways, mm. and the drama is there. So I think JSU is a like an all-the-way-around success story rather than just the silly bollocks that we enjoy in NXT. Sorry, I feel like we're on too serious there on <laughs> NXT. No, it deserved it. I thought this was really strong. Uh, we got a video package, Ilya Dragunov, Unbezigged Bar. Yeah. Got it. Um, and then we hear from two-thirds of Gallus. They haven't heard from Joe Coffey, who was kidnapped, I believe, yep. by Stax. Uh, he's going to get what's coming to him, but first they're going to deal with uh, Malik Blade and Idris Sanofe, who subsequently then hype themselves up for the match. Uh, and then we get the ne- before we get to that match, the next step in the Dana Brooks saga. Mm. She's uh, icing her knee when uh, Kalani Jordan comes in to introduce herself. They talk about their shared gymnastics experience. Uh, Kalani puts Dana over for, for, for fighting through the pain. Uh, she says, I'm glad you know someone like you is here. 
Uh, and Dana says, I'd love to uh, work with you in the ring at some point once I'm healed up. What's going on here? Well, healed up, Wilborn. Mm. Might be where we're headed, but not yeah. with an A, but with another E. Um, the E in WWE, no less, because <laughs> WWE legend Dana Brooke is turning heel, isn't she? Yeah. This was a, um, a low in her professional career. And I will say, because I don't think this is, I think this was the plan. I do think they probably thought, bring Dana Brooke back, have her get beaten, humbled by somebody much younger and less experienced than her. I don't know if she's much younger, but do you know what I mean? In TV terms, yeah. Cora Jade a lot younger. Um, and then have her pick an apprentice who then she turns on because she gets jealous that yet another like NXT rookie in her mind is mm. passing her by. So I feel like that's the story they're telling. They've gone from Hart Austin at WrestleMania 13 to Bruno Sammartino, Larry Zabisco. <laughs> they're only giving her the big stuff. Um so I don't think, uh, this was always the plan, but I actually think it's more effective by just how much she was dumped on last week. Like, she looked like the outcome of a Rob Schneider film in an episode of South Park. There was that much shit all over Dana Brooke last week. <laughs> so, um, Jenny, Dana Brooke is a duck or a dog, whatever. Like, it just feels like now, with them caring, the fans have never cared less for Dana Brooke. Mm. So this is going to be a very easy and believable each and every one of you yeah. turn for her. Uh, so I, like, I think they might have stumbled into something here. Uh, cha-ching! Gold Rush continues <laughs> uh, with the tag title match. Mark Coffey and Wolfgang of Gallus versus Malik Blade and Idris Sanofe. Um I took something good out of something bad in this match, which I'm sure you've seen and will get to. Mm. Uh, back and forth early on, uh, you've got um, the... What are they called? Los Lotharios watching yep. from the Eagle's Nest bit. Um, we go to a break. When we come back, Malik Blade's getting worked over. Uh, but Idris and Ophi, one of they're both our boys, of course. Uh, and Ophi, especially for his unique attire, let's yeah. say. Uh, he runs wild. And then he goes to this spot, which I was, you know, gutted that it didn't work out for him. But I was pleasantly surprised by how they dealt with it. Mm-hmm. So he goes to jump off Coffee's back slips and the whole thing just goes wrong. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to have a go at them for botching because they're in developmental. This is where they should try out stuff like this. And it wasn't so preposterous that you were like, well, why have you even tried to do something like that? Mm. But I was really pleasantly surprised that they didn't just freeze and go, what's happening? He just carried on, hit a spine buster onto the next bit. And I thought that was arguably... Better than if you'd hit the move in the first place. Yeah, um, you're right. Like it's it's kind of pointless and needless to call attention to botches on a developmental brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but we talk a lot about how it feels like one of the worst things about the performance center is that wrestlers' instincts or abilities to improvise are drilled out of oh, them. Yeah, it's one of the worst things that you can do to live entertainment performers. Um, if anything, arm them with little tricks and tools that should something like this occur you've always got a um, fail-safe or a kind of that cool, confident exterior of, never mind, on to the next one. Mm. And I thought they displayed that fantastically well here. Uh, and it looked like they might about be about to win. Uh, Blade hit a frog splash. Idris hit the big top rope elbow drop. <sighs> I bought that. Yeah. And I shouldn't have done it in hindsight with what we had to come, but I did buy that. At the last second, Wolfgang dives in to break it up. He gets tied in the ropes, though, and then suddenly Stax is there mm-hmm. at ringside. Uh, Blade goes for a big, like, plancher, but Coffee just takes him out in midair, and um, it looks like Stax is going to get revenge on Gallus and uh, nail Coffee um, and 
you know, hand the victory basically to uh, Blade and Anofe. But Inofe's the one who got hit with a flying uppercut from Stax. He got sent flying into the uh, metal ring steps. Uh, they get him back in. Gallus hit their double-team finisher. Wolfgang covers him one, two, three. All the while, commentary can't believe what they're seeing. The announcers are in shock. And Stax just sort of looks on. He's helped Gallus retain the titles. Yes, we might find out later on in the episode what's going on with Stax. And then maybe, like, I don't know, like, hypothetically, should he be kicking around? can get a bit more information off the man himself. Yeah. Because there's a lot of, uh, awful lot of mystery and an awful lot of murder in this one. I was nervous throughout this entire episode as yeah. a result. Edgy, edgy stuff. Uh, Paul Mackenzie Mitchell's trying to interview the metaphor uh, and uh, the Heritage Cup law with Noam Dar, but he's sad. He doesn't want to talk about yeah. it. So Lash Legend cuts in and talks about the fact that, you know, they as a group... Have uh, won a tag match, and uh-huh. they're targeting Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. <laughs> Good luck. Um, did make you? Did you as well think about like, oh yeah, they're gonna come here? I so thought Ronda Rousey's gonna have to come here one time. I thought for a split second, have you forgotten that they haven't got NXT tag titles for the women's division anymore? But they're traveling. They mentioned Ronda and Shayna, so yeah. they're, they're paying attention at least. Um, Mackenzie's still like, yeah, yeah, but it's the Heritage Cup tonight, and you used to be Heritage Cup champion. And uh, they go, well, we're not talking about that. And then Noam tells us she sucks. She doesn't suck. She doesn't suck. Uh, nor did the metaphor. No. They've the, got a bit, the, some, a bit about them, haven't they? Something's happening here. I think I quite like this. Uh, what came next? Oh, yes, that was it. It was time for a family meeting. <laughs> uh, you've got uh, Joe Gacy, of course, the leader. Mm-hmm. You've got... Uh, Robbie Fowler and Mick Jagger, and you've got Ava. She hasn't got a surname. She's the Rock's daughter. Yeah. Um, Shouldn't she be having a family meeting in the middle of a civil war taking place on uh, Money in the Bank on Saturday? Don't complicate things. Sorry. Um, Ava says she called the meeting because all this inattention has led to turmoil. They need to have some open, honest communication. Maybe this, maybe this is a Shawn Michaels directive. Men are like thick as pig. <laughs> yeah. And the women in their lives are the only thing that keeps the train on the tracks. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gacy says. Yeah, talk freely. And Mick Jagger's like, yeah, we got brought in like a year ago. Nothing's happened. <laughs> got made promises. We're not seeing any of these promises come true. Yeah, We're boosting the ski team, the G team, but not, it's not being reciprocated, basically. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, Robbie Fowler, I think, says, yeah, we're worse off than before we joined, mm-hmm. arguably. He was like, whoa, that's a bit far, isn't it? Gacy says, no, 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 it's okay, I get it. I've made mistakes, uh, but let's not forget that Mick Jagger wouldn't have been able to say any of this before because his best friend never let him have a voice. I mean, I love James Drake, but if you've got Zach Gibson next to you, you give him a microphone. True, but that isn't the way Joe Gacy put it, was it? Mm. He was trying to... I thought that... I was told that these are all uh, branches... Of the same tree. Yes. These are all leaves. Four roots, one tree. Four roots, one tree. Sounds to me like Joe Gacy's trying to pull apart a couple of those roots. Mm. And then what have you got? A, a, like a tree and additional roots. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Horticulture. <laughs> I was used to work in an office. Uh, I, I hated it. And like before I worked here and I was just like, every day was better than the last, which is what it is to work here. Yeah. But like, it was a, uh, had loads of, it was like, Really poorly run in hindsight. And um, 
in hindsight, it was Northern Rock. It was like kind of caused the entire international <laughs> yeah. financial crisis. But like we had like really, really fancy interior plants. Oh, right, Needlessly yeah. Needlessly expensive. Like stop making people redundant, get rid of the plants, right? But anyway, I always remember when I was like, like staring down the barrel of redundancy, quite scared, young, uncertain, first mortgage, and now this is happening. And um, looking at the guys that were brought in as contractors mm-hmm. to like, water the plants and upkeep plants. And at one time I was so bored and sad, big windowed side of the building. I'd watch them water plants. I watched them leave. I was like, I want to watch them leave, literally. And I stood by the window with my coffee, watching them walk back to the van. And I was just like, that is the best job in the f-ing world. <laughs> They've just come in our office, checked a few plants. Not, I'm not saying just watered them. I'm not undermining the job oh, and the skill, uh, by the way. You, yeah, you can't, uh, you can overwater plants. It's a minefield, I've discovered this. Like a tree surgeon is an incredibly skilled and hard job. And they're like, I don't know mm. what their official title is. Horticulturalists, maybe? I don't yeah. even know. That sounds like somebody that's just got it as a hobby. Mm. But anyway. I didn't even know a tree could go to hospital. Well, <laughs> these Asian ones did right now. It's having a bit of health care, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, you know, doesn't make sense because in England that'd be free, but you'd assume they'd have to pay for it in America. <laughs> uh, aye, and I just watched the van pull away. I was like, where are they going next? Like, where they're going to go water some more plants and then probably go to McDonald's oh. for dinner. And just in that second, I was like, I think I've missed my call. I need to do that. Yeah. I need to retrain to do that. <laughs> All right. I really just... Well, uh, ironically... I hope they're still happy. You were a lost soul in obscurity, and that's what Gacy said. Good. Nice. They were, before he gave them a home... Um, Robbie says, uh, Robbie Fowler says, we were in a bad place, beaten and confused. You showed us a new way, but we're starting to see cracks. You start with inclusivity, then you move to exclusive, and then you flip back. Um, we're starting to see who we are. And maybe the problem is, neighbor cuts them off before they can say something they might regret. Okay, he says, look, I've made mistakes, but hey, preaching inclusivity led us to the Rock's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'll never apologize for that. He asks if... Yeah, hesitated and didn't they did they not commit themselves fully um you're not in the same clothes what's going on basically mm-hmm. i see uh two men ready to take down the world and that wasn't the case a year ago and then they're interrupted by diamond mine <laughs> bruce is like i'm sick and tired of these bollocks <laughs> uh and, 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 to be fair julius do you agree with me people that use subjects to cowards yeah uh, to be fair I did, for once, agree with the heels, but they said, this is nothing to do with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it says, yeah, it is, Julius says, because Ava cost us a win. Uh, you don't want to be here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you hurry up and implode? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Gacy says the diamond mine is far more toxic than <laughs> ever was. Uh-huh. Julia says, we're not going to let your jizzum infect NXT. <laughs> uh, so Gacy suggests the Creed Brothers versus the Jayad next mm. week. Loser leaves NXT. And to be fair, Mick Jagger and Robbie Fowler go, you what? Yeah. And Ma- Julius loves it, though, and accepts before they can say anything. Massive. Great. Mass- massive it is. Uh, we'll talk about this on the preview next week, obviously. Yeah, obviously. But Gacy's... And what's Gacy going to do? Has he seen that the two are ready to turn on him? So he's like, you know what? I'm going to get rid of this problem and screw them. Like, if he screws them, uh, the Creed suddenly be like, eh, not so bad, Joe Gacy. Yeah. And what does that mean? Uh, is it the dad who have to leave NXT? Or is it the, you know... The wrestlers themselves. 
uh, and or do they stick around as yeah as the Grizzly Young Vets if the Dyer have to go? Yeah. Or because that's a, that's a, you know leaving NXT it's a hell of a an uprooting. Very nice. No, they can't see the wink. <laughs> uh, I need a ting sound effect. The people are only listening, so they can't see the winker. <laughs> they can hear him. Yeah. All uh, the Creed's leaves, and they're going to Raw SmackDown. Yeah, it, it, it's win, 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 regardless. Isn't it's quite it? exciting, isn't it? I am. Um, I still hold true to my heart my own fantasy booking of the Creed's and Bron Breaker. Coming together from that like brief period where they were like, ooh, 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 oh yeah, ooh, ooh, ooh. like that was good energy to that, and you could bring them up as baby faces or heels. And bronze nearly done, isn't he? Maybe that's what bronze alluding to at the end of this show. Yes, that bloody nowhere that was. He's got yeah, he's got, he's gonna have that um, like sex fight with Ida Dragon off first. Isn't he? <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> got a new favorite team. Go on. Oh, gone off blading in an Ofe, have you? Yeah, because Bronco Nima and Lucian Price are here. Did you see the original vignette, or had you gone on holiday? Yeah, I missed all this. Ah, oh, we didn't take... Yeah, no, there was a vignette with these two. It must have been the first one that you missed. They do football. It, it, well, the first one was just like... It was really great. It was these, like, two kids outside of a shop. And it was like, uh, and that's how long we've been friends. And the kids morph into these jacked-ass adults. And it's Huge. like, yeah, we've been friends forever. We've had hard times, but now we're on the straight and narrow and blah, blah, blah. And we're going to kick ass in NXT. And uh, I've seen some... Uh, in ring clips of them. I think it's from Level Up, but like one of them, I forget which, has got uh, cut off sleeves and wears a f- like a full suit with cut off sleeves, including one fully tattooed arm. And he's jacked. Oh my god! Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited for these two. They didn't come to play; they came to dominate. I mean, absolutely. They're massive. Uh, then it's time to see. Oh, speaking of Hank and Tank, yeah, because they remind me of them. Uh, they're hanging out backstage with scripts <laughs> and uh, Axiom. <laughs> and they go, well, yeah, those are tag teams, but isn't there? <laughs> and then Hank and Tank stupidly suggest another team to add to that division. Why don't you two team up? Uh, but here comes Nathan Fraser and Axiom congratulates him on winning the uh, Heritage Cup. Says, good luck for tonight. And script says, I noticed you were, uh, oh, you can't see his face. I noticed you had one eye on the cup there. And Axiom says, I'm drawn to it. Now, Scripps' incredible eye for detail in spite of the mask, is that because he knows how to... Um, uh, we've still got that Scripps button or not, because it's one of my favourites. Don't just think, mate! Have we still got Scripps, actually? Because so many. <laughs> Scripps basically following his own mantra. When he was watching oh, this very hey, closely. Oh, hang on. I found it. Uh, yeah. Has he been watching it? Like, has he been watching this very closely? Because he always told us to. Pay attention, please. <laughs> <laughs> because he was. Uh, yeah. There's such dorks in this locker room every time. Every time there's a locker room thing. There was one last week. Where, you know when we let you in on um, Gable Stevenson? We were like, huh, I uh, <laughs> know a thing or two about how did he make a How did he make a, a training montage boring? I know, man. Like, I uh, I know a thing or two about Damon Kemp. We're not going to talk about why, but you know why. They know why. Who's there? He's on the yeah. fourth wall. Like, the locker room, they had to, like, fill it full of people that had to do that, like, Coronation Street background acting, where, like, there's people, like, moving their lips, but oh, not having yeah. a conversation. And then, like, uh, Eddie Thorpe's watching Raw Underground on, like, either an iPad or his phone or something. Poor bastard. It's, like, never mind poor bastard, poor servers, because that network button has never once been used until now to watch this <laughs> old episode of Raw. And, like, all the other people are like, 
Gable Stevenson's coming. And they're all just like <laughs> turn their backs to the to the scene. And it's just like this roster is full of geeks. Mm. Sorry, I just wanted to make that point. Scripts. Here's another one. Uh Pay attention, please. <laughs> Mello and Trick are backstage. Thank God they're back together. Mello and who? Trick Williams. I've never heard of him. I just know that Mello's best friend is Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trick's pumping him up. Says, tonight's your night. Then Rhea Ripley walks in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trick does his usual gabbing on, and Rhea just goes, shut up. <laughs> she says, Finn was handling Judgment Day business last week. Next time you boys want to jump into our business, you'll become our business. I love that she was just wandering around last night on NXT going, yeah, you're right, actually. Piss off you. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that should be one of them things where, um, you know how, is it called backward compatibility where with consoles? Yeah. Like you can play your PlayStation 2 game on a PlayStation 3, but not the other way around. Yes. And I know I should have gone two more generations on, but you can see where my console <laughs> lifespan died. Um, I think... Like, this worked in a way that Mellow on Raw didn't. Rhea Ripley is allowed to go back to NXT and be like, you shut up, yeah. you listen to me, blah, blah, blah. But Mellow can't go up and be like, I'm the best, because what happens is he loses clean and looks yeah. really boring. It <laughs> can only go one way. Um, then we got the uh, Heritage Cup match. Nathan Fraser versus Dragon Lee. Yeah. Uh, these two, you know, electric, high-flying, breathtaking, abilityed uh, wrestlers. So what I really need is a... Pause right. every three minutes. Right, I, I think I, this is my first Heritage Cup match. I'm gonna f- like like the Heritage Cup itself, right? I'm gonna flip the format and make it worse. Okay, because I'm gonna give my analysis before you give them the rundown. Go on, and then when you give them the rundown, we're gonna move the f- on. Okay, right. This match was the best possible thing it could yes, have been yes. in the worst of circumstances for the second week in a row because Wesley and Tyler Bate had to try and have a, a decent match in ludicrous and like debilitating circumstances these went at a hundred goddamn miles an hour here like everything they were doing was on double speed everything was like still super tight everything connected the chemistry was fantastic and you felt like they'd even said to each other well we're gonna have to try and kill each other here mate or die trying like winding ourselves <laughs> going as fast as we can like with speed muscle and the motorcycle machine guns from TNA <laughs> because this format's gonna kill us so we've got to do everything we can to give them something to remember. And it was just so... I, it wasn't even frustrating. It was just weird. Mm. Like, it was such a weird energy. This it was like, whoa, go, go, go. I never want this to stop. I never want to stop. And WWE's like, well, we've got the perfect thing. Stopping. Like, I, I cannot fathom why they think this is good. I also love they were like, every round counts. Five rounds. Whoever's the winner after the five rounds is the winner. So what if the entire third round is an ad break? <laughs> what? Yeah. As the Heritage Cup rolls on. In the gap. No, no, in the match. Yeah. And obviously, as it's NXT, some still hangovers from NXT, but the women have got a bit of a thing for each of them. They should. Valentina Ferroz and uh, Ulyssa Leon, who I'm fairly certain have been a team relatively recently. They're both like, well, I like that one. Well, I like that one. I'm going to be in the corner for them. We're defined by dudes now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But who knows? Maybe they're giving out excellent corner advice because I did think the way that they sold just flopping into the corner like boxers or MMA fighters actually did. Sort of work. Well, this is the thing, right? They had to... So that whole deal about, right, stop fighting, rest, do the bollocks, whatever. Had, like, they wanted to, clearly with professional pride, make it look like they needed the break. Like, if any... Like, that'd be them being like, oh, bloody hell, Dragon Lee, if anything, I'm quite glad this is Eric come out because I'm tired. Yeah. Like, but every other match isn't, so they wrestle. So they can goo without yeah. the... They've trained their whole lives to goo without breaks. 
and now like, you, and then a break, a system with a break comes along, like, oh, thank God for this bloody Yeah, it's break. like a Premier League footballer starting to play five a side, going, yeah. sorry, I have to spend five minutes in net. Yeah, how's it? Yeah, breather, that's the best bit of it. That's the whole point, is when I go, go from playing five a side to 11 a side, I'm like, excuse me, when's the um, yeah. bit where I get to stand still for 20 minutes? Player that, like said, Premier League ability player, from playing goalkeeper, pings this absolutely gorgeous, like, Perfect crescent moon pass over. No coming in. And then somebody flags it and says, no, above head height. Head height. Oh, God, like, I hate that rule. What do you mean? I've, uh, I've trained for the Premier League. Yes, you're playing five a side. We've handicapped your entire ambition and future. Like, I just think this is so dumb. But, like, go bless them. No falls in the first round, although there was some good fun stuff with Fraser hitting a springboard takedown and the reversals and the ducks and the... Oh, just great. Mm. Uh Fraser started the second round off by hitting a running, a flying mare and a running drop kick. Um, Dragon Lee went for a hurricane run out of the corner but got pulled into a sunset flip. That gave Fraser the first pinfall. Like I say, round three was basically just adverts yeah. for me. Uh, but Lee in round four uh, comes back, deadlifts Fraser into a sit-out powerbomb to get uh, an, uh, an equalizing pinfall. Uh, and round five was just great. Relentless. Lee put um, Fraser in the tree of woe, top rope double stomp. They do the superplex spot, and you think, okay, Nathan Fraser's been trained by Seth Rollins. He's going for the Falcon Arrow, but gets reversed, sit out powerbomb, fantastic near fall. Uh, and then they just trade rolling pinfalls um, with literally brilliant timing. There's seconds left in the fifth round, and with about two seconds to go, uh, Nathan Fraser hooks Lee's leg one, two, three. He uh, wins 2-1, retains the cup, uh, which Lee hands over. Nice show of respect. Yeah. Um, I was thinking there. You know, if there are problems with the family, and they uh, they do... Oh, Anna, Anna, and they do break up, but then you have a certain... Like, and then another stable is breaking up at the same time, and you have a kind of mega powers coming together of the two leaders, Tony D and uh, Joe Gacy. And do you know what their tag team could be called? Go on. Tree of Oh! <laughs> yeah. There we go. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Then we got, as if we needed it, you don't need to you know, sell me on this, a video package showing the highlights of Raw Underground. <laughs> My God. When was Raw Underground? Uh, it was around August, September 2020, I believe. They were in the... Um, <laughs> Sorry, I've Googled it. It was uh, August 3rd there you go, it yeah. launched. The, that that was right the, before the Thunderdome, wasn't it? If you shut your eyes, yep. picture Shane McMahon introducing Raw Underground. What face is he pulling? Uh, it, like, is he... Because he used to say, sick, sick, a lot, and he was dressed like a war correspondent. <laughs> yeah, I got girls here. Yeah, they... God. Yeah, he couldn't believe his luck. I wonder what ever happened to that security guard from Raw Underground. He yeah, was a big lad, wasn't he? Um, or the big lad that was quite good at fighting in there as well. What happened to him? So that's coming next week to NXT. And yeah, like I said, we got Eddie Thorpe in a montage training package, which normally for me is a cheat code. Like, yeah. I love a good Rocky montage or a, you know, whatever sports film montage of like, hey, you didn't believe, but now we're going to go training in the mountains. <laughs> But it was like, oh, but he's got Gable Stevenson in it, so it's really boring, <laughs> rolling around. And Stevenson's like, oh, I've uh, seen these clips of uh, Damon Kemp, who uh, I definitely have no association with. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Eddie, poor Eddie Thorpe says, oh, do you want to be in my corner then? Because you're quite good at this, aren't you? Stevenson says, yeah. And I'll wave to Damon Kemp's parents. Wing, wing. I think you might be there. Rubbish. It was crap. I cannot wait for I, this. I love Eddie Thorpe. I think he's brilliant. He's, n- he's not really put a foot wrong for me since he's arrived. Well, he's one, he has done now. He's been shoved with. Hanging out with Gable Stevenson and not asking a minimum of one question. Uh, aye, this is dumb. But NXT Underground next week, eh? Yeah. What's that going to be like? Do you think they'll bring Shane and Mike back? They've got to, haven't they? I would not be. Considering NXT, I, wouldn't be, I, I think there's more likelihood in bringing the dancing girls back. Yeah, like they had for one week and went. Oh, maybe that's in poor taste. Do you know what they should do? They should do one of them skits, shouldn't they? Where like all the wrestlers tonight on NXT, and it's all the wrestlers. Like every conversation is wedged in talking about Raw Underground. Oh please! Like, what would be the setting for where they would? Well, be? Raw Underground's all like black and dark. I want it to be. I want it to be two point oh. Yeah. Raw Underground two point oh. It's a paintball contest. Like they're not, they don't have to tap each other out. They've just got. Beef have an interviewer on Raw Underground. Uh, I don't know. Beef recalls hosting Raw Underground. Yeah, this is a 411 Mania. Oh, there you go. There she is, look. Oh, yeah. Wow. That one completely fell out of my head. Yeah, I, I couldn't. Outside of Braun Strowman and Davicato and Dolph Ziggler getting his ass handed to him, I couldn't name you a single Raw Underground. Fight. He won a couple at first, didn't he, Dolph Ziggler? Raw Underground. Did Shane have a good run of it as well? Shane was dominant, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did Nijax go down there as well, or was it just Shayna? I don't remember. They were teaming together. I want, an, I want someone to have written uh, every single fight from Raw Underground, yeah. but I don't think anyone... Vink do anything in Raw Underground? Oh, the Vink must have. Yeah, the Vinkster. Who's that? Oh, yeah, that was when... <laughs> that was... Then <laughs> <laughs> the Hurt Business came down and ruined it. Yeah. It's our business now. Yeah. See you next week. Yeah, it was, it was really rubbish. Have a KO. Oh, didn't they have um, Arturo Huras yes. on there? Yes, yep. Because he was drafted as well, wasn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah, he was like the last pick or something, wasn't he? Who's that? I have no nostalgia for this whatsoever. You know, I didn't like... Does, does anybody, other than the side-by-side Twitter accounts, does anybody care about this? 
Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir. Yeah, as part of Shaz. I don't know her. Do you know her? <laughs> I don't know her. <laughs> There's still a lot lost Raw Underground match with Ivar and Dolph Ziggler. I thought it was filmed and even advertised, but it's not yet aired. <laughs> Ooh, not yet. It's like the Raw Underground Truthers. It's their Tom McGee, Bret Hart. You know, we need to get this last Raw Underground match out there. The Dolph Ziggler and Ivar. I feel like we eventually saw that in the end. I'm sure we did. Although, I clearly don't remember, so who knows. Anyway. God, I just, I, I just don't. Look, I have, my wife's one of these people, right? She sometimes talks, like, about the pandemic as having these, like, like, not with any flippancy about the severity of no, what was going on in the awful. world, but just this, like, I think sometimes, because she has a real job, unlike mine, the working world can be quite stressful for her. And she just says, oh, sometimes when I was at home and I could just, like, close the laptop and call it a night and be back at home already, I didn't then have the stress of uh, busy roads, the commute, whatever. And it wasn't all that bad, like, if the kids were in a good mood. I get that to a certain extent, yeah. I could not disagree more, right? But horses for courses. I'm just thinking about what it would be to go into one of my children's bedrooms, theoretically kicking them out of said bedroom because that was where that was the only other space they had because it, everyone all in the same house trying not to kill each other. Sorry, can you leave your own bedroom, please? I need to open up this laptop lid, watch a fake underground fighting ring, and then have a conversation with built-in delays between my work friends oh, God, where it was we awful, wasn't it? recount our feelings on this dreadful underground fight ring presented by Shane McMahon. Yeah, it, it, you know, very sort of rose-tinted glasses. I was like, oh, God, yeah, I remember you just wake up and then you'd be at work so you could wake up later. But the trading was everyone was under uh, under house arrest, basically, and there was a terrifying illness. By the way, I've just seen our boy Von Wagner did Raw Underground. Did he? He thought there's a gif here on WrestleCrap of him fighting, I think, Riddick Moss. Wow. That's kind of a dream match now, isn't it? Good job they didn't do it outside, or they would have been confused, wouldn't they? How can you be <laughs> underground? I did not enter any tunnels. I'm excited to <laughs> fight on London Underground. <laughs> we go for money in the... No, Vaughn, don't start a fight down there. The circle line? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's okay this is that. not a tube, it is a train. The Victoria line, but it is 2023. <laughs> <laughs> this is like waiting for a London bus. You get on the bus. <laughs> yeah, you know the old saying. You wait wait for a bus, and then a bus comes. I do not understand. <laughs> and then you go to the place. <laughs> I never understood that one. London Eye, it is a big Ferris wheel. <laughs> I'm. It may be big, but I've known bigger Ben's. That is not Ben. That is a clock. It is actually the bell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Frankenstein was the doctor. <laughs> Bond's definitely that guy. Yeah. I think he will <laughs> Pushing his sunglasses off his nose. He should know. Same thing happened to him. <laughs> he would never he would never put sunglasses on, of course. No. Unless he was outside. Yeah. And it was sunny. Uh, Wesley's backstage. <laughs> Mustafa Ali shows up. And he, Wes and I go, what the f- are you doing? <laughs> oh, God, this was... 
I mean, this was, this was nothing else was cathartic after that. You didn't have to sit through them. No, I, I was just raging as them two. I was like, they did what? And Mustafa Ali still preached off him. Oh, no. He said, I'm so sorry about last week. I got me excited. Where's like, you fucking think? He's just like, double prank. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Tyler, he says, oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't great. And Tyler Bate comes in and goes, I literally would have won the title if you hadn't been here. You were a nightmare. Uh and uh, Arlie, you were a nightmare. He's like, Arlie's like, well, you lost, so time for me to take a shot. And Tyler <laughs> Bate, <laughs> Tyler Bate, like, gets into the muck with Mustafa Ali as well. Because Arlie's like, well, he lost back in the line. Tyler Bate's like, right, well, I'll be the referee this time. <laughs> and Wesley quite rightly goes, I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm pig sick of did this. Did nothing got booked in, did it? He just left. There's a, there was the implication that at bare minimum there's going to be a rematch mm. uh, between Tyler Bate and Wesley, but it feels like Ali is, like the plan has worked and that's the worst thing of all, is like he's coming in with his freaking red nose on. In fact, that gif of the person painting the clown face before giving yeah. a terrible opinion on Twitter, right? He's done it and it's worked. Like he's, he's like, nobody knows he's a clown. Nobody's like, uh, these two <laughs> Idiots have been like completely worked in there. Yeah, well, I guess things turned out that way in that completely normal situation. And he's just got my turn and it's worked. It's, it's it just, it's so funny because like all the time we sit here, whether it's NXT, Raw, SmackDown, AW, you know, all of that. Sometimes we'll sit there and we'll go, they're going to do this match, but how do they drag it to this? You know, yeah. how do they get Brock and uh, Cody to SummerSlam, for example? And it's like, okay, well, he goes away for a bit. And, we didn't think. What if they just have a match, but it doesn't really count? A load of bollocks happens <laughs> with the referee. Most Farley, maybe this is Galaxy Brain stuff from him. That's what they should have done at Forbidden Door. I mean, it came pretty close to <laughs> you know Omega and Osprey. Uh, what if Don Callis is the ref, um, but he kicks himself out of ringside? He lets himself back. He's changed his mind. You're gonna get in trouble for that comparison. Nah. The um, even yeah. Sid was pissed off by that. Maybe he thought it through. Maybe he thought, oh. Ah, uh, I'll be an arsehole. Yeah, June, big time of year, money in the bank. I could get myself a title shot with that briefcase and then like flashback, briefcase in his hand. I'm frozen in fear for several seconds. I'll be an arsehole. <laughs> and look what's happened. He's gotten himself a title shot without having to climb a ladder or get decimated by Brock Lesnar. Smart guy. A uh, little, little bit disappointed in the only brief update we got on the Van Wagner situation on this show. Yeah, this was... Bobby Stone's running around backstage looking for him. He finds him and he's devoted, uh, you know, going through everything. He's seeing the photos, he's talking about his family. He's brought it all back, basically. Yep. All the stuff he had to fight through. He's really traumatized. And uh, Rob, Robert Stone's like, come on, fine. Come on. <laughs> we need to get back to whatever the... We were doing before. Do you not understand how this works? Every single problem has now been solved, Vaughn. Our underground's back. You love that show. For, for the one guy that understands you, I'm showing a remarkable lack of understanding, Vaughn. <laughs> More surgery pictures because I got a jacket, Vaughn. You should hear what Elia Dragonov's up to. Where do I get some of the good stuff? <laughs> Paul Wagner quite rightly goes, yeah, you've, you've like dredged up all these old feelings. <laughs> you have no idea what I went through. Yeah. You won't understand. I'm off. I'm really worried that we've explored the peak of the bond between these two wonderful men in order for Dijak to be like, okay, losers, Dijak's here. <laughs> yeah. And like he's going to deck Vaughn or something like that. And Or he goes for Mr. Stone and Vaughn's like, emotionally, I'm crippled by what's gone on recently, but I will fight you because you lay off my friend. Get off him. And then Mr. Stone is saying, you got soft, Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> and Vaughn's like, wait a f***ing second, you Mr. Stone. Me. 
What? So yeah, I'm honestly worried that's it. Because I do love Die Jack. I see a guy like, huh, I saw the picture, Vaughn. Maybe I reopened that wound in a very literal sense. <laughs> oh, I actually understand what you were saying. I like Jack. this guy. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should be 18. <laughs> the literal powers. <laughs> we, are, we are both very powerful. I never understood why they were mega powers. They were good. <laughs> but then they broke up. What's mega about exploding? Better explosion. <laughs> it's time for Gigi Downing and Keanu James. Oh, boy. I'll be honest. I watched this. I watched every second of it. Uh-huh. And then I sat down earlier to make my notes, and I went, pain. That's all I can remember. <laughs> so it's worked. So they say, it's your thing. It's worked. <laughs> they go back and forth. Keanu James is clearly being dominated by Gigi Dolene. So Gigi grabs her purse. Referee goes, you can't use that. <laughs> it's a purse. Uh, and James just gets nailed with a high kick by Gigi Dolene. I do like Gigi's uh, crucifix bomb finisher. I think that looked great. Mm-hmm. So she nails her with that. One, two, three. But thankfully. <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> but bit of good news. But. Save this if you're Keanu James. Keanu James was Sting-esque in this, in the fact that she had the finish and then went, right, straight back up. <laughs> Gets up, nails uh, Gigi with the purse. But what's in there, Michael Hamlet? I know what you're thinking. Is it a brick? No. Is it another hard object? Well, not really. Not quite. It's too detailed. Banana f***ing own base. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. If her theme is, by the way, I, we're taking the piss here, but if her theme next week is you can do it when you're being cute, I'll take all of this back. Sport it. Sport being cute. She's got a hardware shop now. Fallon Henley actually is like going to get stuff for the bar. She's like, we've just, you know what? We had the exterminators around the other week because somebody falsely reported rats and they kicked the door in. I need to fix the door back up. I do not understand. Is this the same it? No, it's a different one, Bob. I love this so much. <laughs> so she, no, wait, I'm not finished. I'm not finished. Sorry, so she yeah, hits yeah, it yeah. with the purse, yeah. which is revealed to have two <laughs> tins of paint in it, which she opens and bores on it and then goes, and I, do you know what I could think was? Main event's like two minutes away. What are you doing? Yeah. That, that ring's going to be a nightmare to clean. I, I did have that thought. So yeah. Like, um, I could just stop oil process. <laughs> yeah. Keanu James painted Gigi Dolene, technically. I, I love wrestling, me. I love wrestling. Like, uh, Gigi Dolene's been on this roster two years. Keanu James, nearly as long, doing a business, right? We've normalised doing a business. Yeah. She wrestles. We love doing a business. Yeah. She wrestles, but that's not what she's all about. Like, in the background, she's always considering doing a business. The the businesswoman's way to getting what she wants out of this life is not just in the ring. It's done mentally as well. She's got it all going on up there. Like, 2021, Toxic Attraction were probably formed. It's been seven days... Since Gigi Dolan was like, I like paintings now. <laughs> yeah, they just, I had no oh. idea about this. If, if, do you know what I mean? If, seen the if bit, I'd right? watched it, yeah. I'd have gone, what, what she, is she pouring paint on It's been seven days since she's like, oh yeah, you know that like really, really dark, tragic past I've got. It's kind of paint adjacent. And then Keanu James being like, and this is why I'm top of the business world. <laughs> Two tins of paint, please. Like, what if, like, of course, this would be at the front of my mind, like last week. When I was uh, young and I was going through some very difficult times of personal life, I turned to crisps. Like, what then? Because like, you can't pack, you, you can't load your purse with crisps. Kind of, it's like, oh no, she's here. I didn't hurt. 
Well, Pop well, a bag of crisps to distract you. Oh, I'm deaf! <laughs> and then roll her up and be like, crisps, they were once your salvation. <laughs> now they're your undoing. Like, what? It's like there's so many Distract things. her with some salt and shake. I've got to salt them myself. Yeah. What is this? When I like, she's like Keanu James thinking, right, I need um, I need uh, an advantage. Like, I can't necessarily beat her in the ring, as was evidenced there. I need something that's going to give me the physical advantage over her by using my mental advantage. And then she watches the skit last week, and Gigi Dolan says, when I was younger and I was really upset, I would cry into my pillow. And Keanu James was like, put, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Oh. By the way, I just got a topic, but did so I assume salt and shake crisps came out after crisps? Yeah. How the f did they get that past What a gimmick. Right, here's, here's an idea. A packet of crisps. Yeah, I'm with you so far. That's already that already exists. That's the thing. But it's a twist. You make them yourself. Do it yourself. F off. <laughs> I remember high playground banter. Was there do you remember when Walker's crisps did the um like, if you find a blue packet in your crisps, you get a free oh, packet of crisps. Yeah, tenor, yeah. Whatever it was. Like, high banter to make sure that you had some salt and shake on hand so you could drop a salt packet in someone's when they weren't looking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I won a tenner. It's full of salt. <laughs> Once saw, true story, on my children's lives on a goddamn podcast, I would not lie. Uh, I'm going to call him Johnny rather than give him his full name. I'm sure he's not listening. Uh, the friends that I still keep that were sat around this table that remember this moment as, I want to say, nine-year-olds. I'm 38. This shouldn't still be my mind. This shouldn't be crystal clear in my head 30 years later nearly, but it friggin' is. We watched him reach into his bag of crisps, which I will name in a second, and that will become clear. Pick out a crisp. I'll put it into his mouth, bite down, and go, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he ate a square hula hoop. Ah. <laughs> uh, Adam Wilborn is my witness. He ate oh. a square hula hoop. And I forget what the gimmick was. Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't like a million squillion quid. Yeah. I'm sure it was like a grand or free hula hoop. Go get Alton Towers or something. Pretty amazing, like, sort of, there it was. Because when you think about it, right, the square hula hoop gimmick was a tricky one because, like, what if it loses, what if it gets broken in the pack? Yeah. It's a hard thing to retain. It's, I know hula hoops. I mean, I could barely contain myself. You know when it's like, if you get the cream egg with the purple filling, you're in the judgment day yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I've, I, I just get a cream egg and go, well, that's where that goes. Smash it on your head. I eat the whole thing in one go. I'm not going to nibble a bit and have a look inside. Something like you got purple in your teeth. Oh, God damn. Can I take this to Cadbury's? Grin it on purple. I'm eating it. I'm eating it. Just like trying to curl out the cream egg. <laughs> I ate it, I promise. Uh, I always wanted to see yeah. an episode of Friends where Phoebe finds a thumb in a kind of coke. Like, I was, I was wanted stuff like that to happen to me. Like, because there's some money. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, this must equal cash. Yeah. Never came up. Yeah, salt and shake, man. And it never worked. Like, pop a razor blade in your coffee tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> We're doing, like, 30-year-old stand-up material here. But, you know, so is NXT, so we can get away with it. <laughs> yeah. Salt and shake, man. Just like, oh, yeah, well, we'll salt and salt and shake. It's a bit of fun. Like, so you tip the salt and you shake the pack of You've not started wanking yet, so you've not got the motion. Like, right? you're going for it. And then uh, you get your first crisp. I was like, Jesus Christ, I think I've just taken cocaine. Because there's just so much salt in it, your eyes have started bleeding. So like, your ears are leaking salt. And then you eat the, like, the remaining pack of cardboard. <laughs> yeah. Well, hell of a crisp back there. It's a good thing he's still on a trip because otherwise like you'd just be thinking, why am I eating paper? It's just they're still I think they're still at large. I'm pretty sure you can still get salt and shake. I think they're like, oh, um, do you like do you like Kit Kats? Yeah, well here's some molten chocolate and wafers. <laughs> Pour it on yourself. What? 
be great if they started selling new salt and shake, pre-salted. <laughs> and they just, they just found a way to market bland crisps. <laughs> oh, right. We're going to go to prison now. Oh. Tony D's in prison. Yeah. He gets a visit. I think I'd rather get no visitors than have Joe Coffey come to visit me in prison. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. You've got like you've been incarcerated for weeks. We've got solitary. You've got a visitor. Ooh, get there. <laughs> you see him coming and you t- like when you're trying to avoid somebody on the metro. Oh shit. Like they're just I just headbutt a guard and be like, oh, back I go. Sorry. Cuff me, please. So yeah, Tony D's obviously furious to see Joe Coffey. Oh God. And he says is uh, it, Tony D's real name's Joe, isn't it? Is it? Joe, yes. Joe Coffee and Joe Coffey. What if it was James Bond again? Coffee Barry Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> the the Gallus Bond. So Tony D says, uh Oh! Well, you get on my visitation list. And uh, Joe says, ha, 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 let's just see, I know people too. Tony goes, oh, funny guy, huh? I thought Stack got you. And then he realises, despite the fact he's filmed on television, <laughs> he shouldn't be uh, revealing issues. <laughs> yeah, what this uh, criminal mastermind plan that you, while you're already <laughs> in prison, you're basically violating the conditions of your bail before you've even been allowed out. Yeah. He's the Joker. He wants to be in this <laughs> position right now. Uh, he says, "Oh, I thought Stax gave you a free ride somewhere." Oh. Uh, and Joe says, "Well, things aren't quite what they seem. Oh, what's changed since you got locked up?" Tony just says, "Oh, don't get cute with me. You and me both know the reason I'm in here is because you and your boys are a bunch of rats, and you'll do anything to keep those titles on you. You're lucky this glass is between us." And Joe's like, "Oh, am I the lucky one?" Tony's like. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you escaped, but Stacks will handle things. And Joe's like, ooh, Stacks has got it handled. And Tony's like, God damn it. Must have been you three on him again. And Joe says, hey, Don, I'm the boss. He's got ambition. He's got a mind of his own. And Tony says, oh, what are you talking about? Stacks is family. I'm terrible at picking up subtext. Yeah. I should join the diet. And so literally... He says, Stacks sold you out. <laughs> Tony says, get the hell out of here. Stop driving a wedge. Even you should be smart enough. Joe says, you don't believe me. Have a listen for yourself. He pulls out a phone and puts the phone on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we hear Stax say, Relax. I've been practicing as I was on all this. It's terrible. Rubbish. It doesn't sound like it. It's terrible stuff. Related is when he's kidnapping uh, Joe Yeah, it's, from, it's effectively like live audio yeah. footage from Joe Coffey just re- has his phone recording everything that happens to him in his pocket. Yeah, and like Stack's kind of, I'm going to say this before he gets here, Stack's kind of like showing his underbossing experience by revealing the full extent of his plan before it it's completely it, paid off. It's, well, it's very Coffee, uh, Barry Coffee. It is. The, ba- the baddies in James Bond often sit James Bond down and explain in, in minute detail what their plan is. In 55 minutes, Bond, you'll be dead. <laughs> and I'll be the richest man in the world. And then I'll pull away a sheet. <laughs> Presenting three million flesh-eating flies that, be, that will be released to you feet first for some reason. <laughs> In 55 minutes. <laughs> Unless somebody was to release them from the only safe escape hatch. But I think they'll struggle when it's seven foot in the air. Got ya. Right, okay. I've got three people working on this, and my shoe's got a recording device. <laughs> yeah, so Stax is caught. 
saying, relax, relax, this could have been a lot worse. Listen, you're going to do exactly what I said. Everything's going to work out for the Gallus boys. And he did a lay low for a week. Trust me. And you hear Joe say, why? Because I'm done being the underboss. There's a new Don on the streets. We'll be in touch. And Joe puts the phone away and he says, things aren't what they seem, eh, Tony boy? I'm glad you recap this because your thing must have been the same as mine. Like your feed must have switched over briefly to HBO mm. and then caught like this, um, like Sopranos update and then got back I onto NXT. It's not the Sopranos, mate. It was The Wire. <laughs> Set that culture while running. <laughs> right. Let's talk about this before he gets here. AI's been developed, so there's no evidence that that was actually Stacks. A great shout. Other people can do better impressions than I can, so. Yeah. So we know there are people out there that do Stacks voices. We don't really like that sort of thing, but it goes on. Um, Or was that the real Stacks? And is he doing the old double swerve? And was Tony. Well, he's not. He's not. He isn't the one who sold him out. No shot on that. Tony has baited Joe Coffey to come to prison with this information to lull. Gallus into a false sense of security. Yep. So that then Stax can win the belts. And well, Stax cost, sorry, Malik and uh, Idris, mm-hmm. cost them the belts because they want to become the tag champs, but it'd be even sweeter if they took them off the Gallus boys. Exactly that. And then when they win the belts, their first defense against Blade Because I ju- just think that the, you know, nuanced storytelling of WWE. Yep, everything you said bit, is correct. Is a bit like your favorite. Oscar film or your favorite TV show, mm-hmm. you know, great TV shows like Coronation Street, things yes. like that. Where Prestige dramas. We know something a character doesn't. It's called dramatic irony, look so, it up. So yeah, of course Stax doesn't want doesn't watch the show, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's busy. Yeah. He's got a job being the underboss. And he's in it. Yeah. <laughs> right. This doesn't work. So they're gonna be the bit where it's like Tony knows that Stax and they're, and they're going to be like, <laughs> yeah. and then they're going to be like, okay, on, this, on the signal, Tony attacks Stax because, except what's going to happen is like, you stupid motherfuckers. <laughs> We're in this all along. I, th- I think it was, it was slightly undercut the dramatic revelation of this that they cut back to the table. And Big Joseph's like, wow, what a twist. What do you think, Booker? And he went, it's my shucky ducky quack quack moment of the week. <laughs> God damn it, man. Imagine that. Like Game of Thrones. Oh, well, no one saw that coming. He's uh, he's had his hand cut off at the end of that episode. What do you think? Uh, what do you think, Booker? Juggy duggy quack quack moment of Game of Thrones this week. I think was. I would believe this because we've seen it to be real. Booker T, like it's a video, you say. I just looked at the format. Two minute video. That's where I ordered my dinner. And he's gone on his phone. He's not actually read what the content of the video is. It's like, hmm, what are we think tonight? Uh, beef. Stroganoff, yeah, we'll go for that. Send that, send that to the Booker T household. Yeah, it's on its way. And then uh, all of a sudden, he has no help. Oh, uh, oh God. <laughs> uh, what, what do you make of that, Booker? Yeah. Uh, sorry, two seconds. Uh, pay now. Yeah, right, yeah. Oh, I know. That's probably my shucky-ducky quack-quack moment of the week. It's just this it's emergency get our gel freak on, isn't it? That's right, Book. Like, he's not used this gimmick in, like, four years. But he's just like... I'm uh. <laughs> But yeah, very interesting to see where we go. <laughs> like next week, it's back again. Wait a minute, Tony's in prison. <laughs> when did this happen? Oh, sh- here he comes. Yeah, yeah. Hi, nice. You can sit there and no Sidgwick there. Oh, God damn, why can you be up again? <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, 
You guys, I should. I'm, I'm gonna step out. You guys need to talk no, about no, your no, holidays, no, don't please you? Don't step out. No, no, no. Yeah, no. no, no, no. <laughs> you both away at the same time. In fact, Wilborn, this is nice for you because on uh, Sunday, me and Stax have actually already gotten reacquainted. Oh, Stax I, jumped on the Forbidden Door stream. I with saw me. that. He was yeah. buzzing, bless him, to watch uh, Brian Dennison's final countdown entrance. But it was when you were in the toilet. Mm-hmm. So it just must be nice for you to catch each other again, right? Well, for you. Yeah, I, I'm Stax really glad to see you. <laughs> Feelings not mutual. Uh, okay. Do nothing, does he? <laughs> Hamlet. Yeah. What's the deal with paint? <laughs> well, I mean, you could ask me to do in, but you come to me. You should have gone to an expert. Uh, paint is a chemical, soluble liquid that is a, typically a mix of a color or maybe a white for a base coat. Uh, in the uh, matte white, but the matte <laughs> is grey in NXT. Hello, what are you doing? That looks more of a glass to me. Goodbye. I will shut this door now. <laughs> I was told to leave it open for when Stax departs. <laughs> you could say that was my forbidden door. The show would have been better if I was booked on it. Um... <laughs> Paint is, anyway, it's all these different colours. Uh, it's used by people in their houses, typically, as a, a decorative thing to make their walls more colourful, a bit of flash colour in the life. It's used by artists to create their works with paints, such as what Gigi Dolan was putting over last week, and then you've got classic and historical art pieces like the Mona Lisa. And I like it. I don't know if you've ever considered getting into art theft stacks, but it uh, it's, uh, might be more profitable than waste management slash working for WWE. Say no more. Uh-huh. Well, I actually got into painting a little bit. Oh. Uh, I actually did my first nude painting yesterday. Right. The neighbors weren't happy, but the front door looks great. <laughs> three questions, three jokes, three questions for you, Hamlet. Yeah. Not you, Willie, goddammit. They saw, they saw your stacks on your two dimes. <laughs> your Tony D and your two dimes. And your big hairy ass. <laughs> Got hairy ass stacks. <laughs> oh, your goddamn business. <laughs> Hamlet, first joke, first question, first joke for you. Which painting is never happy? Huh? I haven't got Sidgwick Kate confirm me. Wilborn, I got a take on this. Yeah, go on. Is it? Right. Oh, like, so he, Stacks never gives you the word that reveals the punchline. Never happy. People are never Sad. happy. They complain, don't they? Stacks, I'm going to go with the Mona Lisa. It's actually better than my <laughs> goddamn. It's the Moaning Lisa. <laughs> Stacks, I just want to give you a quick, quick brief I on... Know, I know, I don't know, who did the, that painting? <laughs> I believe that was Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, oh, Picasso, I don't actually know. Was it da Vinci? Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, that would have worked, Stacks. You could have left that exactly the way it was. Mona Lisa, let's have a look. Yes, that's exactly what I want. I've Googled Mona Lisa, and it says, do you want the song by Dominic Fike? Yes, thank you. It's Google von Wagner now. Do you want the song by Dominic Fike? There are several Mona Lisas. It is not my problem that you do not specify. Who's your favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stacks? I gotta go... Raphael. I knew you were a Raph guy. I knew you were a Raph guy. Me too, actually. I don't give a crap. <laughs> Shut up, Willie. 
Question joke number two. You're going to have a go, Willie, I suppose. Thanks. How did the painter respond to his stolen vehicle? Stolen vehicle. Stolen vehicle. Painter. Paint. Car. Palette. Paolo Picasso. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I got, you got anything on this Paolo one? Paolo Picargo. Yes, that's nowhere near good enough, but yeah, we'll take that. I'll go Paolo Picargo. What the hell's that mean? <laughs> How did the painter respond to his stolen vehicle? Hey, where the f*** did my van go? Ah! Van go! Good. That's pretty good. Sensed it was, we were on the right track with wordplay, but yeah. wrong artist. Final question. Final joke. Final question for your Hamlet. Yeah. I'm a big fan of this one. <laughs> Gotta get out of here after this. Okay. How many surrealist painters does it take to change a light bulb? Uh... I've done. I'm no good as my art and my art history. The melting clocks. That was Dali. Dali. Is it Salvador Dali? Salvador Dali. Yeah. Um, change the light bulb. I I don't know. And I, stacks your face is so excited that I can't wait for you to have the gift of revealing this. How many surrealist painters does it take to change a light bulb? Fish. <laughs> <laughs> Biceps. Well, yeah, high, highbrow stuff from Stacks this week. He's normally about puns and being a bit lewd. He's gone to the absurd. Yes. Now. Uh, he's clearly taken our company name literally, and he's thought, what? Culture? <laughs> and he's given us a little bit. I admire that. <laughs> he's, uh, I mean, look, it's, it's boss behavior rather than underboss knockabout humor, isn't it? Yeah. From our hairy ass he's friends, growing up so. fast, he is. Uh, Roxanne Perez was doing a Snapchat Q&A when Blair Davenport attacked her from directly behind the camera. I mean, you look kind of an idiot for getting caught out with that. Yeah. I, got, I got decked on self. I did like Blair beating her up and then saying, that's a wrap. That was quite funny. Yeah, that I think by next week, that'll be sick. That'll yeah. be genuinely great. It's one of the best things that division has to offer, I think. Uh, JC Jane's moaning backstage about Bird Person. Uh, Bird Person walks in behind her. Uh, she says, you can fly back to England. I was like, that's not where she's from. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and she beats her up, uh, and then she's like, oh, oh my f***ing neck. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Well, <laughs> they're doing remote in similar ways. And uh, Jace is like, oh, that really hurt. And then Rhea Ripley walks in and just says, uh, Lyra Valkyrie is badass. I was like, oh, that's nice. Two segments, back to back, same division, attacks from behind, one's a heel, one's a baby face. Yeah. But it's okay because the baby face, the bird person, was being slagged off. Yeah. That's that's why, isn't it? Yeah, she's been told to fly back to where she came from. Fair, she's a bird. Yeah, but she's not from England. No, true, but she is a bird person. Has anybody did it last like year, like, like around Christmas time? Was anybody like uh, you should fly south for the winter? <laughs> that would have been really good. <laughs> and then she does. I don't know when she when she now she only came in and did she not? Oh my god, did she arrive in the spring? That'd be great. Wouldn't if it? she did, if she disappears off screen around sort of. <laughs> To go and hide September it. time. Do you think, think I'm Googling this one second? When was the last? I can't give you a cage match. It might tell you when matches rather than when she debuted. Oh, it might tell you when she debuted in the gimmick, I suppose. Yeah. 
Arrived in March, mate. Oh, so that's where she was. Her origin story is just that she was hibernating. <laughs> She's flown in. Do you think in uh, catering, they've got obviously the Ban Marie with all the different incredible dishes, and then for bird person, there's just like food hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> she specs it. Um, Diet are angry uh, about Joe. <laughs> Potentially force them to leave the company they've got full-time employment at. Yeah. Uh, Ava's trying to cop, calm him down. Ava says, Joe has a plan, and they say, you better, because otherwise, if he doesn't, we will. Oh, good tension. And there's main event time. Carmelo Hayes versus Baron Corbin for the NXT Championship. First of all, Lone Wolf Baron Corbin's back. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love the theme. Uh, I like this actually. I, I, well, I'm, I'm being cynical. I don't think it's just this thing that's back and everything's saved. But I'd like this, yeah, once a bit. So it was nice to see it again. And you know, the the storytelling, the intricate storytelling where Corbin, you know, why has Corbin been on this show and this show and this show? What did Corbin try and do seconds into this match? Went to his finish. Where's he learned that from? Ah, uh, yeah. So went for the end of days straight away. Hayes counters. Smart. Um, Hayes managed to hit a top turnbuckle splash onto the outside to take us through a break. Uh, when we come back, they spill to the outside again, uh, but Hayes gets nailed with a big boot from Baron Corbin. Um, Corbin rips off his T-shirt so he's not playing games anymore. Uh, Hayes counters uh, an attempted superplex, hits a frog splash. That gets him a two-count. He fires up um, and hits that great fadeaway guillotine leg drop. That he's just looked br- yeah. Two days in a row, that, basically. He's yes. hit that and looked great. Corbin's all over the place. Uh, slightly less successful was the uh, springboard falling DDT. Weren't quite on the same level as they were that when it was him and Finn Balor executing mm-hmm. that, but he got a nice near fall out of it anyway. Uh, Corbin cuts him off. Um, Hayes goes for a code breaker. Uh, he already hit one early on in the match, but Corbin blocks it uh, and nails him and hit a choke slam into a back breaker to take over. And they fight on the floor. Carmelo Hayes goes for a dive. Corbin catches him, power bombs him on the announce table, and then just starts smashing him into it, basically. That was good. He uh, rolls Hayes back into the ring. Hayes just summons enough energy to kick out. He he's, he's really in deep. What was there was a bit here? Was this? I think this was the match with uh, Vic Joseph's call. Oh, teachable moment! Teachable moment! Is he Vic or Booker? Hey, the story is, of course, Hayes is like, you know, oh, oh, he's only just... And uh, in the same sentence, one of them said, he's got a lot left in the tank, but he could be running on fumes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so which one is it? What is it? That's one of your pet. That's adjacent to one of your pet hairs. Oh, I hate it, it so it's much. Not, they didn't mix it, the metaphor, but... They made it worse. butchered it, yeah. yeah. Um, Corbin goes for deep six. Hayes counters it, but on the second tie, Corbin hits it. Uh, I love that as a... Yeah. Not as a finish. Um, Hayes manages to kick out, so Corbin goes for end of days. Hayes counters that, DDTs him on the apron. Nothing but net off the top rope. One, two, three. He uh, retains and celebrates with his title. There's a very brief thing that happens at the end of the show. Actually, I'll just mention it now because you yeah. will have no, nothing to say about it, and we'll talk about it on the preview next week. 
the cliffhanger at the end of the show is Bron Breaker storming out of Shawn Michaels' office after saying that no one can control him. He does a camera, shut up! You're going to find out next week, which I need to remember for my notes. So please remind me, everyone, on Tuesday to talk about this. But what did you make of the match? Shut up, you pubes! Uh, uh, the match was good. Um, net positive week for Carmelo Hayes in the end, I will say. He shouldn't have been booked to just lose like that on Raw. No. Um, because that's the biggest audience getting exposed to him, while the smaller one already knows that he does this sort of stuff. So maybe just don't use him, or dare I say it, don't book that finish on Raw. Maybe don't have Finn Balor at beat either, but just, like book something else. Yes. But net positive week because this was an over-delivery. Corbin and Mello hadn't really set the expectations all that high because they hadn't really set the world alight with their promos. Corbin, the other week, again, I really need you to see this, um, what the hell is he wearing, baggy shorts, Corbin week, because it just he couldn't have done more to differentiate himself from the one you see on the main roster. Yeah. Maybe that was to show that he wasn't taking this seriously. Mm. And now here he is in this like old version of himself because he remembers what got him what got him to the dance when he was on NXT the last time. So maybe there's a little bit of storytelling there. And I'm willing to I'm willing to make that stretch to make Corbin's hideous look the other week make sense. So yeah, just Corbin can absolutely be there for these matches when he mm. needs to be. Um, we've seen him turn up in situations like this before. Kind of an underrated base of a wrestler. Uh, and the sort of win that Hayes needed, not just to get the win, not just to get the title match defense under his belt um, as like the first big proper post-Bron Breaker mm. thing, but I think to legitimize the program, I think people will mostly remember this. And yesterday, we were sort of joking, Christ, this has not been what Dolph, Dolph Ziggler no, yeah. was for Bron Breaker. People will mostly remember this now. Yeah, and they'll, kind, of, they'll King, kind of get away with this, yeah. King of the Ring... Exactly Corbin, that. Not, not King Corbin, the King of the Ring run he had where he was just battering people. He picks and chooses, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that, uh, but he chose here, and it was it was cool to see. I enjoyed mm. this. Well, let us know your thoughts on NXT. Part two. Uh, on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilburn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, of course. Uh, and if you're wondering where the Dynamite preview is, it came out earlier on today, so go and check that out right now. Uh, as well as a uh, review of AEW's Fight Forever video game by the brilliant Andrew Pollard of WhatCulture as well. Um... But for now, this has been the NXT Review. My thanks to Michael Hamflet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of Real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. On Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.